What's up, everyone? You are listening to the Rival and Queen podcast. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sarah. And thank you for joining us. We're so happy you're here with us tonight. Welcome. And if you guys are tuning in for the first time, we are two East Coast gals discovering how we want to navigate life a little more on purpose. Every week, we are diving into topics to get to know more about things we know nothing about <laughs> and get to know people who are on very unique paths. Which is many things we, know, we do not know. <laughs> we know very little about a lot. <laughs> and you can catch a new episode right here every Thursday. Uh, you can check us out on social media at Rival and Queen. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel because you can watch our podcasts, not only listen to them too. Such a delight for the eyes and the ears. <laughs> Riveting. Happy Thursday, Ashley. Happy Thursday. I'm happy to be back with you. I know it's fall mode, like actually fall officially. I know. I've, I didn't leave my house for the last two days because I feel like I'm in shock. Of the cold? Of the cold. It's oh. not even that cold, but it's not. But I'm shocked and I'm just <laughs> like ready to hibernate. I've been going to bed early. Life feels serious. I do feel much more tired lately. Like I feel tired all the time. I've done a ton more work in the last few days. So hopefully that will pay off in a great way. That's right. Welcome to fall and welcome to fall everyone listening. We're ready. Yeah, we're back in school. That's how I feel. Oh, actually, do you know what I did this weekend, which was really nice, is I took my mom, she was in town visiting, down to Wolfville to visit her university, Acadia. And that was the first time she's been back in probably like a two two decades, maybe. Like a long time. And the campus is closed, but we were able to walk around and see like where she lived and kind of relive her youth a bit. And it was really nice. It, it like warmed my heart. And that was a nice feeling for September. And a nice thing to see through your mom's eyes. Because you go to Wuffle and go around the valley all the time, but not with your mom. So that's really special. No, and it was like funny to hear her little stories of nonsense um, from when she was a youth and some of the There bad was a things. motorbike involved. Yeah, she used to go with her boyfriend on a motorbike, like up in the back roads. There was a, a little bit of partying I found out about. <laughs> she was a bit more irresponsible than I knew, and I thought that was great. Good. So like thank you, Mom. Ash, this week we've got a very interesting episode. Yes. Speaking of people on unique paths, mm -hmm. we've got Quintrell Provo on the podcast this week, guys. Yeah, so exciting. When we first talked to Quintrell, actually, probably a month ago now, Sarah, I got, I remember hanging up the phone and thinking, this guy is incredible because now I feel like I need to do more with my life because he's inspiring people our age and beyond the youth, just everyone in so many different uh, areas. So he's uh, amazing and has some really amazing accolades that he's been recognized for recently as well. Yeah. So Quentral is the founder of Stop the Violence, which is a group that really came out of, um, it was inspired by his grieving for his cousin who lost his life to a senseless act of violence. And he'll tell us about that in the episode. But it's really kind of beautiful to see how he was able to channel that grief into something that has grown so positive. He's been recognized on the world stage by the UN as one of the top 100 most influential people of African descent. So that's like globally, he's being recognized in that way. And it's really beautiful to see the impact of something growing so far and reaching so far and helping so many families and youth really actually stop violence. Yeah, no, 
like you said, Sarah, he created this for his cousin, Kaylin Diggs. Uh, I think it was about eight years ago that he was senselessly killed. And though that is such a painful thing and a hard thing for him and his family to have gone through and, and still remember, but he's done so much good out of that. It's actually just incredible. So it's really nice to see in a bad, dark time, all these beautiful things that have come out of it. Totally. Um, and just for anyone, I didn't know this. So after we did this episode, I did a bit of research uh, in Nova Scotia, which is where we are based. There are so victims of police reported crimes are highest amongst young adults. So people 18 to 24 and youth age 16 to 17. So it is super young. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of shocked and just kind of tells you how important the work is that Quintrell's doing and why it matters. Yeah, no, that's very... The other thing I did love in this conversation, I think it's something that we can take into all of our lives, um, and we get into this at the end, is he really, like, he says this in the episode, he's not stopping bullets, which, thankfully. (laughs) Um, But he is really, his focus is on giving people something positive to do and ways to contribute to the community. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that every single person can take away there are ways for us to have impact and reach people by doing positive things in our community and that contributes to reducing violence in a ton of different ways so I think that's a great takeaway for all of us is something that we can do amazing I love that I kind of forgot some of these bits and pieces and now I'm like oh my heart feels so good put our heart in a, in a good place no, it was such an incredible conversation and he sang for us as well so Quintrell is a musician and I think it was December 5th on his birthday only because that's also my friend's birthday so very easy to remember but he hopes to have an album out as well so stay tuned for that we're holding him accountable he's probably like screw these girls his voice was incredible and he's saying I guess it's kind of his theme song that he sings at uh, schools and different events and it was really lovely I had it stuck in my head so I that just shows you how catchy it is. Like I was just like singing it. I was, so Could you I mean, sing it back for us now no. so we can compare <laughs> renditions? Maybe a side by side. No, I wouldn't put everyone through that pain. I love you. Um, Ash, I think we should just dive in and let Quintrell share his story with us. Uh, for everyone listening, if you want to learn more and connect with him, you can on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Stop Underscore The Underscore Violence and on Facebook at Stop The Violence Spread The Love. Let's do it. Let's dive in. Quintrell, we're so happy that you're here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. We actually came across you probably a couple months ago on Instagram, Mr. Stop the Violence. Yeah. Um, And it was during the Black Lives Matters protests and stuff. And I think if I recall correctly, you were on the news maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here locally. And we kind of tied who you are and everything together. So we wanted to bring you in and learn out more about your journey and kind of uh, what you've been up to. Yeah, it's been an interesting uh, journey to say the least. Yeah, we can dive into it. Yeah. Before we do, we do want to congratulate you as well. You were nominated for Top 40 Under 40 in Canada, which yeah. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank That's you. That's awesome. Pretty exciting year for you. Yeah, it's been a, a whirlwind of, um, I want to say, 18 months. Yeah, because also you were recognized by the UN as mm-hmm. one of the top 100 most influential people of African descent 
a couple years ago as well. Last year, yeah. Last year. Yeah. This is meet Barack Obama last year. You met year. Barack oh. Obama? <laughs> Jealous. Yes. Um, How yeah. was that? Um, it was everything that I didn't expect and more. Really? But, Tell like us I, more. I prepared myself for it. I had a speech uh, I had written for like two weeks. I was like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to say this. They give me five minutes with them. I'm going to say this. This is how I'm going to start. I've never gotten nervous in front of people. You know, I've sung it in front of people. I've spoken in front of thousands. And then, you know, you're meeting one of your inspirational heroes and you're just like, okay, I'm going to say this. Boy, let me tell you, everything changed when (laughs) I walked in and uh, Barack goes, uh, Mr. Provo, I heard so much about you. Tell me more. You heard about me. (laughs) And I just kind of go blank. And then he's like, tell me about the good stuff that you're doing here. Um, and then I went on and, you know, babbled about so many different things and talked about how I followed him as um, as he was at the grassroots as an activist and, you know, followed his journey. And that's why he'd inspired me, not only just how he became president, but his journey to become president and told him that my parents were my biggest inspiration. And I got him to autograph a Barack Obama hat for them because they celebrated 25 years of marriage last year. So... My siblings cannot top that gift. <laughs> That's forever. <laughs> You're yeah. going to be the leader for the rest yes. of life. Or you've just set the so, the bar so high that your siblings I are just going to be. I can't even top it. Like, I was like, what am I going to do this year? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't say never, never say never. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. And I can only imagine, yeah, Barack Obama, such an idol for so mm. many people. So I can only imagine what it would be like to. Yeah. And then um, after I left, I went back to my table. I was sitting on the floor at table one, and I left to go use the bathroom. I need to pee so bad. Went to the <laughs> VI reception, then you had to go through all these channels to get into security for the meet Barack. So I go to the bathroom, I come out, and everyone's clapping. So I thought Barack was on stage, and they were talking about me in my top 100 they, in his introduction. Oh. And so I was just like, ah, it was crazy. Um, oh everyone gosh. was saying congratulations and everything. Um, it was definitely a moment in my life that, it still seems surreal. Um, same with the top 100. When I walked in the United Nations, it was like surreal. Like I'm here oh with gosh. all these different celebrities from around the world and little old me from Nova Scotia. Um, never expected to be there. It's not what I do stop the violence for. So it was kind of like everything unexpected. And my nomination for the top 100 didn't even come from anyone in Nova Scotia, which was the craziest thing. Really, It was someone in Ottawa. That That's nominated me, and then the committee that chose me wasn't. I don't believe we had a Canadian on the the board. So That's people kind of know nice. about you beyond yeah. <laughs> this nice little mm-hmm. So let's kind of go back, I guess, and and start with how you got to be nominated for both of those positions. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Tell us about what Mister Stop the Violence means. So it started out um, eight years ago after losing my close cousin. Uh, Kaylin to violence. Um, remember that day just like it's yesterday. Every time it's August 11th, I wake up at uh, 4 or 8 in the morning. And that was the time I got the call from my father saying that, you know, Kaylin was killed. Um, I can't sleep that night. Um, it replays in my head. But, you know, losing someone that, you know, I went to elementary school with, uh, I went to junior high, high school, army cadets. Um, he's my first cousin, our fathers and brothers. Um, graduating high school together and everything 
Uh, losing someone like that really hurt me in a way I've never been hurt before. And being with him that night, um, right after I felt some type of guilt because I left them, mm-hmm. um, not knowing what happened. And, and for the longest time, I felt some guilt on myself for just not being there. Um, but I wanted to do something different uh, where uh, it wasn't, his death wasn't in vain. And I wanted to make a change. And so, you know, the easy way is, you know, to get upset and do revenge and go. And then the cycle continues. So I want to do something different. So I decided to have a march a month after he was killed and people really showed up. It was a rainstorm. You know how September weather is in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be sunny, but um, that day it was a rainstorm uh, and it was windy. And we walked from Sullivan's Pond to Halifax Commons and hundreds of people showed up different families that have been affected by violence. And that really showed me that, you know, everyone wanted to see change. So so what happened that night when your cousin was killed? Um, they were just walking up to the pizza corner and apparently uh, got in a scuffle on their way. Um, Kayla didn't throw a punch at anyone. He was coming back. Um, apparently someone was getting in it with his other best friend, Cody, um, who's always with him. You know, he's they're, they're like two peas in a pod. And uh, he called Kaylin to come back, and uh, someone sucker punched Kaylin, um, which, you know, knocked him out, which caused him to hit his head off the curb, which ultimately killed him. Um, so for someone to lose their life that, you know, wasn't, you know, into a big fight or anything or, you know, in the gangs or in the drugs and everything and just a great guy, um, that's why, that's why it hurt me the way it did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, usually people that go down roads where they're into the street life and they're into the drugs, you know where you're going to end up either in jail or you're going to end up dead. Um, but where he was, you know, you know, electric, inspiring uh, person, um, electrician, volunteer firefighter and doing things like that and um, just always keeping to himself and always making you laugh. And so that's why it hurt me the way it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very senseless. We're mm-hmm. sorry. That's I can't even imagine what that would be like to, to go through. Mm-hmm. And it kind of brings up, I think, and this is what you're really diving into, is mm-hmm. senseless violence. Mm-hmm. So nothing was going on. Your cousin was sucker punched mm-hmm. and unfortunately lost his life. Mm-hmm. And as Ashley said, we're very sorry yeah. about that. And it's not, I guess the scarier thing is that this isn't like a lone incident. No. It's not the only time that would have happened. And I know even, um, I can name two of my friends right now that that happened to. And one of them, same thing. Mm -hmm. They they hit a curb and they were in a coma for a week. They survived. But then we were in university. They were out of university for six months, like literally just sitting at home. And a senseless thing, a night after the bar, nothing was happening. Yeah. And these things happen. Yeah. And that's, you know, I know a few people that actually, like, died the same way. Um, In doing Stop the Violence over eight years, I've learned a lot of stories. Um, I've heard a lot of stories, um, not just here in Nova Scotia, but across Canada. Um, And it's crazy how many stories that go unheard and uh, nothing's changed. And that's why I continue to uh, fight. Um, because I hear these stories and it keeps me motivated and keeps me uh, wanting to push forward um, to make a difference. Well, it's incredible to bring attention to this. So tell us, the first March, how many people showed up? It was a pouring rain. 
in September. There was about, I want to say, 300 people. Wow. And I was actually a little frustrated when I seen the rain. Um, and then mom and dad, you know, give you that speech of, like, you know, just show up. Um, as many people that show up want to be there. Um, and so I showed up. And it's pouring raining. And we're at Sullivan's Pond. And we're all trying to huddle under the gazebo. And, you know, my father said a prayer. And we started walking. And, you know, we had ages from ages, I think it was two to ages 85 walk. And, I mean, we walked across the bridge while it was moving and mm. it was wind. Um, and then we walked all the way to the Halifax Commons. And it was just amazing to see so many families that have been affected by violence, having their, even though they had their, you know, family member on their shirt, um, they connected with other families. And, you know, um, that helped other families, you know, how to grieve, you know. This is how I got through this. You know, mothers are connecting and, and things like that. So it brought a lot of people together. And to be honest, when I did that first march, that was going to be the end of Stop the Violence, to be honest, because I was going to go back to life. I had to get through my grieving process. Um, it was tough, you know, because I had to preside over Kaylin's wake and I had to sing at the funeral. And so uh, it was actually the hardest thing I had to do was sing at his funeral. You know, I was outside the funeral the whole time. And then, you know, come in and, and I'm singing uh, Boys the Men. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Oh. And uh, it was just tough to get through the song, um, you know, with an over casket and you're looking at, you know, my, my guy is there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, just it was just tough. Um, and, and, you know, to me personally, um, you never really get over losing someone. You just learn to deal each day, and that's how I do it. I just take it edge each day as it comes. Um, but you never really get over losing someone close. So, And I think that March, I know when we talked about this originally, like mm -hmm. you're just giving us perfect examples, like mothers are connecting, families mm -hmm. are connecting, mm -hmm. helping each other grieve and move yeah. through their own grief. Mm -hmm. What happened after? Why didn't you stop? Um, so after, you know, a lot of families, a lot of people reached out. Um, it was like, you know, this gave us hope. This um, brought us some sense of hope for, for the future. Uh, you can't let it go. Um, and one thing about me, I don't like to go halfway in. I'm either all in or nothing. Um, so I had to take some time to think. And, you know, I'm still grieving. And um, I decided to, you know, put myself in. And wasn't easy. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was not easy when you go into something, especially when you're dealing with uh, violence. Uh, yeah, I learned very quickly. Um, it wasn't going to be easy. You know, I, I got threats. Uh, really? The threats started. I dealt with a lot of racism, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of racism, um, and just people trying to discourage you. And, you know, good thing that my parents raised me with thick skin to kind of bounce things off mm -hmm. and always um, find the positive in negative situations. So I basically, when I seen people, you know, coming at me with racist comments or messages and threats and stuff, it, it was just showing me that they see what I'm doing and it's making right. a difference and they don't like that. So as much as I continue to do it, it's going to come. Um, and... There's a saying that says every new level, there's a different devil. So, mm -hmm. Damn, you know. that is so true. That is a good one. <laughs> so I, I live by that. So Your skin's just getting thicker and thicker <laughs> yeah. every year because yeah. you're doing more and more. So yeah. that must be just, you know, making people. I just can't even imagine, though. Like, what is the what is the pushback and what you're doing? 
that people are coming at you um, with. And we don't have to talk about this if you don't want. I just to, to be honest, it's it's not really. It's just some people like you know. If I'm talking about violence, there are violent people you know mm-hmm. that just don't like that. Or you know, when we had, I remember in 2016 when we had seven young men that were you know black that lost their lives that year. And after every death, I got this racism. Someone created a fake Facebook account and. We don't have a gun problem here in Nova Scotia. We have a black problem. If we get rid of black people, then the gun problem will stop. And Blue Lives Matter, um, speaking to the police, and black people are predisposed to crime and, and, and all this stuff. And it was just, I, was, I just opened up the message, you know, and I just said, you know what? This is just fuel to my fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I see that you see me. And I'm going to make sure that you continue to see me and continue to hear me. Um, so many people get discouraged when they get pushed back, when they, you know, one thing about me, you got to know the difference between constructive criticism and hate. Yeah. A lot of people get that mixed up. Some people mm-hmm. are going to give you constructive criticism and I'm always open to constructive criticism and, and I love it. I love it. That's how you get better. But then there's hate where people just don't like you or don't like what you're doing. Um, for no reason. For no reason. And that's something that they got to deal with. And one thing I've learned, um, I've learned to not hold on to things. Um, Mm -hmm. I tell people the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life was forgive the man that took Caitlin's life. That was the hardest thing I've ever had to do Mm -hmm. in my life. Then it frees you a bit of that. And it was because when I first started Saw the Violence, you know, having this hurt and this anger and all that frustration, I was not growing with Stop the Violence. Mm -hmm. Like, we were having marches. We were doing all this, but it was not blossoming. It wasn't. It wasn't touching the lives the way it should. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember uh, 2015. I started in 2012. In 2015, I was at Kaylin's grave, and I basically said, I'm letting it go. You know, whatever it is, I'm letting it go. You know, I forgive him. I wish him, you know, the best in his life, you know. Uh, you get a second chance. Um, you got There's consequences for your action, but you get a second chance and make the best of it, you know. Um, so... I did it, and I let go, and I tell people forgiveness isn't for the other person, it's for yourself. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to grow and in order for me to blossom, I had to let go of that, and it was the best thing I ever did, you know, because from 2015 on, Stop the Violence truly started to blossom, you know. 2016 was a really busy year. Um, as sad as it was with all the deaths, um, a lot of work, um, I started to see a lot of progress um, with the word in the street and with people talking about it and me being in schools and all that stuff. And it just continued to grow. And today, and and a lot of people were like, oh, you know, we still have violence and we still have the shootings and stuff. And I was like, what I'm trying to do with Stop the Violence, I'm trying to reach the youth. That's my main goal, because if I reach them before they get to that point, that's where the change is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot of these people that are doing the shootings that are out there already in crime. It's hard to change their mind. They're not listening to those trusted around them. Mm-hmm. So my voice is not going to change that person. But what will that kid that's in grade two, that kid that's in grade five, you know, getting them to, to think better and, and to, to make better decisions going forward. That's where the change is going to come from. Mm. And how do kids kind of respond to this, I guess, at a young age? Are you talking to elementary school, junior high all of them, like all of them, and and do you see a big difference talking to the different? It's so ages? much fun. Like I love the younger kids. It's so much fun with the younger kids. And uh, like you know, Saint Joseph A. McKay, there's a class, uh, Mrs. Young class that I usually come in, and 
I've been doing it for years to mentor the kids and everything. And it's crazy. When I did Stop the Violence, I didn't think these kids would think me as some kind of hero or some kind of celebrity. So every time I come in, the kids in the school are running up, giving <laughs> hugs and, and all that stuff. And But they, they like the message. They love, they're so receptive to the message and, you know, me giving them goals to reach. You know, if you guys do this, I'll, I'll throw you guys a Sunday party. If you guys become brand ambassadors and spread the word, you know, because you have to reward kids, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to do good. And uh, so it's been really receptive. Junior high, they're kind of making up their minds on which way they're going to go. But when I walk in, <laughs> teachers are like, those students that usually don't speak, they, they speak because they think I'm some kind of cool guy. Eh? So <laughs> now they're, you know, speaking in even high school. High school has been really good. Um, the kids speak up. I remember when I first started, I used to have a cop come in with me. And kids didn't like that. They were all like, you know, oh, he got the cop with him. So I, I had to switch it up. And, you know, I, I went and did paralegal mm-hmm. and learned, like, the law and everything. And then been doing it by myself. And I used to go in with a PowerPoint and a big PowerPoint, all kinds of slides and everything, put all kinds of work into this. And I seen that the kids weren't as into what the, you know. Too teacher You know what I mean? Because I had the statistics and yeah. I had all that. And they, they felt like they were still in school. Yeah. So I switched it up and just started telling my story. Mm. Being real, you know, getting emotional, letting them. And then kids started opening up and sharing their stories in front of their class. I was bullied. Because they seen that I was being real and, and, mm. and not coming in there saying, well, this statistic, this. No, I was real with them. And that's how I build relationships with them. And um, once I started telling them my story, um, it was it was just went ran up from there and it was it was a blessing that so many of them look up to me so many of them reach out when they have questions and and all that and teachers love having me in their classrooms and stuff and they're like you know how to get down to the level I was like well I'm the oldest of eight so (laughs) I know I have had siblings in every age category so you're having this conversation at home at dinner (laughs) that's so so. nice that you can create that safe space because I feel like for junior high high school students it's hard for them to open up especially in front of their peers so I feel like that's and that's yeah so it's, it's crazy and it's it's amazing because they trust me so you know mm. to, to open up and tell that story and like I'm like if you don't want to say it here just reach out to me and they do reach out um they, they reach out and, and they, they share their stories and they're like keep doing what you're doing I'm like if you need anything and one thing people have really been able to to say about me is that I do get back to you it may not be right away yeah but I get back to you and everyone's like, oh, you, like you didn't have to reply. I'm going to reply. I don't think I'm bigger than what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing is bigger than me and it's going to take all of us. And I don't, Absolutely. I try to stay, stay as humble as I can doing Stop the Violence because it's not about me. It's about the issues. It's about the violence. It's about, you know, creating a safer environment for the kids that are coming up and, you know, trying to give hope to those families that have lost loved ones. So that's where it's about. I'm just a messenger mm-hmm. that's trying to, you know, create change and make a difference. So that's where I keep everything at. That's amazing. So this started with the march, which still goes on yeah. every year and is bigger and bigger, yeah. which is crazy. You're now going into schools and giving talks. What else is are you doing? How else, how is this growing? Um, I have a clothing brand, uh, and everyone's like, you you don't promote their clothing brand because I, when I started the clothing brand, it was it was really exciting and everything, and it's a message, um, and I don't want everyone just wearing the brand just because it's a brand. Um, mm-hmm. 
I want you to wear because you're spreading a message um, to be part of the solution. Um, and so the brand's motto is it's not just a brand, it's a stand against violence. Well, I like um, that. What's so the brand called? Sorry? Stop the Violence. Okay. So um, I just started getting back on the brand. Um, I just got a new logo the last two months, created Ooh. during COVID. So nice. um, it incorporates diversity, um, violence, stopping violence, and um, it's really, it's a really cool logo. Mm. I wanted to, you know, to show everything that we're to get, we're in this together. It's not just affecting black. It's not just affecting white. It's affecting everyone mm-hmm. either directly or indirectly. And so we have the clothing brand. I do the school tours. We did the black Panther for black youth. Awesome. Um, we did, um, we do a annual school drive dance party for school supplies with Halifax dancing cop. Also with HRP and uh, Halifax Fire. We didn't do it this year due to COVID. Christmas time, hopefully, we're going to do our annual Christmas toy drive where we give toys to families. Um, over the past three years, we've given about over a thousand some toys wow. to families. Um, so we do that. This year, I was about to launch um, the Stop the Violence um, Youth Conference. Young adults, uh, young leaders of today shaping tomorrow. So that was gonna where we bring them in and we mentor them, um, but it's also an awards banquet. So at the end, um, we recognize them for their community contributes contributions and everything. Um, then we also were gonna launch the talk show mm, um, yes. called "That's What's Up," and basically it was for youth by youth, giving them a platform um, to talk on their issues uh, once a week. Um, and in order for you to be at the live taping, um, you have to do something good in the community. I like that. And so uh, that's where you're giving back. Um, next year, we're doing we're going to do a basketball tournament um, for junior high and high school students. Um, where, in order to play in the tournament, you as a team, as a collective, have to go and do a community initiative and bring it to the tournament before you even play. So you have to present that in front of the audience. That's awesome. What you did. Um, so that way, you're you're giving youth. Um, the opportunity to get in the community, to do some community work, um, you can take that as volunteer hours later on your resume. Um, but also you're giving back and you're learning how to, you know, just be an advocate of some sort, you know right. what I mean, um, in your community. And I find so many kids are attached to technology now. So just getting out, do something for the seniors or do something for this and raise money and give it to a charity. Uh, things like that, uh, I find that youth don't do it unless they have to. Mm-hmm. So I want to try and get them into a habit of doing things. Um, we also take food and stuff to the homeless. Um, you probably won't see me post about that stuff. You know, a lot of people post when, you know, they're giving stuff to the homeless and all that stuff. They, I don't think they want to see themselves on social media and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do it really quietly. You know, Tim's card or McDonald's card. I don't give money. I give food mm-hmm. and clothes, uh, things that help you. Um, we do that. Um, and we're working on a couple other collabs that, you know, will come out sooner. Uh, but yeah. And singing. You mentioned singing. Oh yeah. Times. So <laughs> when I go into the school, a lot of the elementary schools, the, a lot of the kids know the stop the violence song. Um, so what that, is the stop? I know the I was like thinking, song. I don't want to be rude, but I don't know the stop the violence song. Oh, so now you guys are gonna get me to sing it, eh? Okay. No. Oh, yeah. We're as, just teeing this up. Takes a take, sip of take water. A sip of water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the stop the violence song, um, I wrote. 
a couple of years ago, and I did it with a young um, a young kid named Riley Chisholm uh, from Beaver Bank. Um, uh, he also uh, I, I taught him voice lessons after I met him um, at a stop. He sang at the Stop the Violence uh, when it was declared uh, June 10th in Nova Scotia. We had a, an event at the art gallery, and he performed, and I just loved this little kid and his voice. I call him my mini Bieber. Mm-hmm. So I took him under my wing and taught him some voice lessons, um, but him and my youngest sister um, are on the original track. Um, but yeah, a lot of the kids know the Stop the Violence song. Uh, I'm going to sing a little bit for you guys. Give us a taste. <laughs> Stop the violence and spread the love. Stop hurting one another. Start helping each other out. There's always a better way. I'm praying for a brighter day. It's time we all stand for change and say, Stop the violence. Stop the violence and spread the love. Let's stop the violence and spread love. Stop the violence and spread the love. Let's stop the violence and spread the love. Sarah, your turn. You have <laughs> such a beautiful voice. I know, and you didn't. Honestly. I mean, we've been talking, but you didn't essentially warm up to sing. So that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. That is a beautiful, beautiful song. And I yeah, love that. So the kids love that song, and it's so catchy. So I can picture everyone just like. like in, we're it. in the mall, and kids are coming up to me. Can you sing it for my mom and dad? Oh. <laughs> okay, so, so they definitely think you're famous because yeah. you can sing really well. Plus, yeah. you're teaching them all these amazing things. So, yeah. Oh, my God. One of the things I love about kind of some of these initiatives you're telling us about, even with the song and mm-hmm. like getting people to give back, is you're helping kind of show them other ways to be engaged in the community yeah. and how to actually and I think we have talked about this before, but really be seen and take part and and the rewards that come with that. That's my biggest thing. Like I I don't want, I told kids like, I'm not literally out here stopping bullets. Like when people think of Stalvan, they think you're out here stopping bullets and you're dealing with this and that. And uh, I was like, no, the way I'm going to fight this is by, from the, from the ground up Mm -hmm. by me mentoring kids, you know, and they're coming up. And I also, you know, I don't talk much about, uh, I've mentored um, some inmates that have been behind bars and, you know, uh, parents reached out, uh, can you, you know, talk to my son? And so they call anytime they want and, you know, I talk, listen on the phone, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's being a positive voice in their ear from the outside in. Um, And then when they get out, um, I usually, you know, if they need anything, they usually do their parole hours to stop the violence. Um, a lot of parole officers, you know, thank me. A lot of them look, like one of them called me and was like, you know, um, before I was a parole officer, I was a correction officer and I, you know, dealt with violence, you know, and almost lost my life. So, you know, I'm a parole officer and I'm really thankful that you work with my client. And you see the difference because I keep them engaged and even after they're done their parole hours, they still reach out. Oh, anything you need to help? Um, and then, you know, if they want to go back to school, you know, I got people that, um, we'll help them get back in school or, mm-hmm. you know, get their grade 12. So that way you're giving them options mm-hmm. um, rather than them going back down the same path. So many times um, we just kind of leave people hanging. They get out and what are they going to do? Right. If you've been incarcerated over and over and over, 
when you get out, uh, you don't really know what's going on, uh, you know. So uh, I try and be that positive voice, and you know, I don't judge anyone. Like a lot of these guys, I haven't seen, um, and so 2018 was when I went and spoke last year. What's 2019? Oh God, I don't it's know. 2020. 2020 yeah, has been just a long year. <laughs> so last year I spoke at Burnside Penitentiary mm-hmm, um, okay. for the day, and. You know, some of the guys that, you know, reached out to me were actually at the sessions. And it was volunteer. So they had me there all day, and um, they had different ranges. You could volunteer your time to come down and hear me speak. And it was amazing. Um, you know, I've averaged, I think we averaged like 20, and it was like 25 spots for four different ranges. And the females were last. And they were coming up to me after the guys were like, oh, I'm the so-and-so who you've been talking to on the phone. And, you know, I don't, I don't care what you did. I care. I'm, I'm, I care about what you can do when you get out. Mm-hmm. So many times we focus on what they did, and we're trying to know. Now we got to focus on where they're at and how to get them forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, a lot of these guys really respect me, and 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 it's crazy, you know, the respect that I had when I went behind. That I was really nervous too. I, I never get nervous, but I was nervous to go into penetration. I'm like. What is my story? Yeah. But when I got in there, so many guys was like, oh, I got, I got your news article on my wall, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling them that's my guy and all this <laughs> stuff. I didn't know how to think at first, but that's I was like, awesome. okay. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a great time. Um, and I, was, I, I, didn't, I barely had a voice that day. So I went in there, barely had a voice, but they heard my message. And they were asking great questions. And one of the guys that was in, it's crazy. I just seen him three weeks ago. And he told me he was getting out in October. And he's like, I remember seeing you at the bus stop every day on your way to work. And you were telling me, if I keep drinking and I keep acting like this, I'm going to end up in here. Mm. And I didn't, when I first came in, I didn't recognize because he got all these tattoos on his face now. So I was like, and then he was like, you, you remember? And then when he stood out, and I was like, when you get out, I said, me standing up here is no different than you guys. Mm-hmm. We've all made mistakes in life. Mm-hmm. Your mistakes have ended you up in here. Mm-hmm. When you get out, you get a second chance. Make the best of it. If you have kids, do it for them. And I just seen this guy about three or four weeks ago, and he's working construction, and he stayed out. And he's like, it's because every time, you know, I thought about going down that road, he's like, for the first couple months, all I could hear you in my ear saying, well, you're just going to end up back in there. You're just going to end up back. He's like, all I could think, Q, all I could hear was you. And he's like, I had to get you out my ear somehow. And the only way was for me to go work. <laughs> so, so it, it's it's good to hear things like that. But um, me mentoring uh, has been a, a really a good blessing for for me. For families allowing me to do that for you know their family members and for kids to allow me into their lives and things like that. I don't take it for granted. So I try and put you know set the best example I can as a person. You know, mm-hmm. and also having a nine year old son. You know, I tell people right. like, you know, that's that's my number one duty as a father to him. You know, father first, family, and then everything else. Um, so um, that also pushes me uh, to be the best person I can be and, and try and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, from such tragic situation for you and your family to experience, it's like you you're doing so much at every the level. Reach. Like yeah. it's crazy. So that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like I need to do more now with my life and after I work full time that's the thing about it. everyone's oh. like I work full time so everyone's like I thought you just did stop the violence no I work for Someday. Veteran Affairs Canada that's my permanent job with the federal government so 
You just make time. I wish I had 36 hours in a day, um, but you don't. But I just tell people, you just make the best of the moment. Um, and, you know, you live in the moment because life's short. And as we see in 2020, life is short. You know, I can't wait till next year to try and do what I want to do. You know, I got to do it mm. now. Um, so growing from this, like, you've, you've basically taken this mindset of, giving people positive action mm -hmm. to help them stop the violence or step outside right. of the violence in their life. How do you want this to grow? Like Ashley said, this has started with your cousin mm -hmm. and you've created this movement that has been recognized nationally, mm -hmm. internationally. How do you want to see this vision grow? I want us to continue um, to be more people that, you know, step out in the lead like youth. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be doing this forever. Uh, but, you know, also I was just saying someone, I have a vision one day to create a, a youth center here mm -hmm. um, where it's a center for the youth, where they work at, they run. Um, there's a studio, there's a dance studio, there's a gym, you know, all this. And it's run by youth. And, you know, there's a place where they can come if they're having a hard time. There's no psychologists and everything here and doctors and stuff. Um, that's my vision for Nova Scotia, but um, for everyone else, just kind of in, in sticking to what I, I said at the beginning, I've been focusing on the youth. Um, hopefully one day we see a decrease in violence um, through this work. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew getting in that it wasn't going to happen overnight. It wasn't going to be two years, three years, five years. It's 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Um, see the decrease in violence because, you know, those kids that, you know, I'm reaching, um, I hope they're reaching other kids. Right. And, you know, they're passing it on. And, and that's the way I want it to be, to basically pass it on. And um, not this, not that just, just be a movement, but it be something personal to you that, you know, I want to make a difference, you know, and I want to, you know, impact lives. Um, that impact other lives. And, you know, as we see in today's society that that's what the world is really about currently, impacting and changing lives and trying to make a difference. Um, and you don't have to, I, I tell so, so many kids, everyone looks for a reward when they're doing, um, doing good. good things. Yeah, I didn't expect to get all these nominations, all these uh, awards and accolades. Um, but my father told me that when you do good, and you do good um, from the bottom of your heart, and you just keep focusing on that, that's when these blessings come. And that's why I call them unexpected blessings, because I don't do Stop the Violence for accolades. The best um, accolade and accomplishment that I got through Stop the Violence is hearing from kids and families that I've changed or impacted their lives in a positive way. That's something money can't buy, something can't, you, know, you can't be recognized for. Um, so those, that's why I do what I do. Um, and, and when you do things and you're passionate about things, I tell people, you don't need money. I've never been government funded for Stop the Violence. Mm. You don't need money to make change. You just need the passion and the willpower to do it. So many people, oh, I can't do it because I don't have this much money. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Do something. Do something. Mm -hmm. Hmm. How can people help and get involved? to help support you and what you're doing. So I have, the website is currently getting worked on right now, but you can follow on Stop the Violence, Spread the Love on Facebook. Um, I'm always looking for volunteers and 2021 is going to be a big year. <laughs> it's going to be a really <laughs> big year because 2020 canceled on everything. COVID came and just said, yo, 
Not your year, not your year. <laughs> 2021. So, 2021 <laughs> is going to be a busy, big year. And I'm trying to slow down with Stop the Violence. You know, I, I'm always go, 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 go. Um, and I also want to spend more time with my son and with my family. And I'm always on the go. You know, it's either work and Stop the Violence, you go to right. meetings. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, kind You're of... You're here right now. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I have Stop the Violence team members that have been uh, amazing. Shout out to Jay... Um, Lena, Kaylee, uh, and Emily, um, those guys been, been really, uh, and their spouses have been helping out here and there. So, but just trying to raise up young people to kind of take over, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm still young, but I also, you know, have a lot on my plate at the same time. And I don't want to be burnt out this year. I learned a lot in COVID where, I'm taking a lot of time for myself. I take an hour a day, turn off my phone, and just either go by the water or do something for myself. And it's just so good for yourself mentally. Mm-hmm. COVID really helped me out this year. Because when I started 2020, I had from January to March, in six weeks, I had about 20 plus speaking engagements. Oh, wow. And that COVID canceled, and then, canceled yeah, about 16 nothing. of them. And I was so happy. I still <laughs> did about five of them on Zoom. Yeah. Um, but it was just a break that I knew my body needed, but wasn't going to take. Yeah. And I could start to feel myself getting burnt out, um, going to schools and uh, government agencies to share your message and everything. And um, it was amazing. And it's amazing to share the message. But at the same time, you know, I got to start taking more time for myself and, you know, having heart conditions and, you know, asthma and all that stuff, you know, body starts talking to you. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think it's a, a time everyone's kind of on that same page with you to, to take time for them and focus yeah. on what, what's important going forward. Yeah. But it's an incredible movement that started, you know, in Kaylin's honor. And yeah. it's incredible to see how it's grown. And I think even for people, it's nice to know that they can you know, you aren't alone in that experience yeah. and experiencing loss and grief and you've given people a home mm-hmm. to go to and now you're trying to empower them to kind of grow it and keep it going. Exactly. Without you having to be. We can all do our part. I was like, mm-hmm. if we all just do our part in the world, it can be a better place. And that's why I tell people all the time, just do your part. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not just on me. You know, when you, you hear about the violence here, it's not just on me. Mm-hmm. I can't physically take the guns out of people's hands. I can't physically stop bullets. But what I can do is do my best to impact lives in a positive way um, and, and to mentor and, you know, educate those kids that I can reach and those people around me. We can do that at home, educate mm-hmm. our kids and, and and try and listen. You know, I think the biggest thing that a lot of families don't do in this day and age is just listen to the kids. Everyone just allows them to play video games and do all that and just stay out of their their hair but you never check in to say how are you doing mm-hmm. you know what I mean so just check in how are you doing you know take some time from from doing work to check in with your kids or take a day with your kids um so yeah amazing thank you so much this has been so important and anyone who's listening and for Sarah and I this is just such an important thing to keep reminding ourselves to to get involved and do what we can and and listen to the youth help them out it's, it's very important so thank you We'll keep spreading the message. 
We're not done though, so don't get. (laughs) We're almost done, but not not done. We're almost done, but not done. Okay. Thank you for sharing uh, your story with us, Quentrell. That was lovely. Where can people find you online? You told us on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram, Mister underscore Stop underscore the underscore Violence. (laughs) On Twitter, Mister Stop Violence, and on Snapchat, Mister STV nine hundred two. We love that. And when the website's out, you'll let us know and we'll share that I will. with everyone. We like to play. Oh, wait. We're not even playing the game yet. Before we play the game, we want to ask you right now, what lights you up right now? What are you excited about in life? I'm working on an album. So I'm working. I've been an Oda Music since I started Stop the Violence. Um, I I grew up singing in the church and I did, you know, a couple, I did an R&B album. I did a gospel album. I just don't know if you have the voice for singing though. (laughs) (laughs) I was like crying listening to you. Is this something you'd want to do as, you know, you're 10 years from now. So, so yeah, I just want to, um, I, I basically working on an album. Um, that's, that's my outlet, um, is music. And so I'm working on an old school R&B type album uh, where it's not this new school type of music, but it's that old uh, music that you feel. Uh, So doing that, I I also did a few covers uh, as well. But yeah, that's what I'm working on now. Amazing. We love that. We'll keep keep our ears open for that. Trying to get it out on my birthday, December 5th. Oh, we'll be watching soon. for that. That's soon. We'll have to write that down so we remember yeah. to wish you a happy birthday. Big fan <laughs> of birthdays. Yes. It'll be in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not joking. <laughs> so before we kind of wrap things up, Sarah, tell it's us now what we're going to do. Now time for the game. Okay. We have a made-up <laughs> game. Time. I sense the apprehension from okay. you right now. <laughs> okay. Um, it's going to be good. It's called Queenie Grams. Queen and Grams, okay. Queen and Grams, yeah. Um, we're playing digitally, but super easy. You pick a number between 1 and 99. I'm going to ask you a question. Then Ash is going to go. Then I'm going to go. We all have a turn. A lot of fun. Okay. Super easy. What, what, super easy. Okay. What, what's your number? Um, right now, I'm going to say an off number, 47. 47. Mm. All right, let's see. Okay. What part of a kid's movie completely scarred you? Oh. <laughs> you probably watch a lot of them now. <laughs> um, when I was watching The Lion King. and Yes. Uh, yeah. When Simba's daddy died. Oh, So many childhood movies are terrifying for children. That just was scary. Uh, I know, yeah. Mufasa. Mufasa. We love you. That's one of mine, too. <laughs> that one and... Um, in Aladdin, when the genie turns red, always really frightened me. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's laughing at me. It was very scary. Uh. <laughs> okay. Obviously, I'm wrong. All right, Ashley, please pick a number. <laughs> um, what? How high are we going now? One to ninety-nine. Oh, I'm gonna do ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. My birth year. If you had to eat one thing for the rest of your life, it's what tough. would it be? Pizza. You have to answer this too, Quintrell. I'd be pasta. Pasta. I'm a pasta guy. We're going to be very obese if that happens. Do you know what I was thinking of yesterday? I picked tacos for some reason because they're just like so happy. I would have said chicken, but Hmm. I need pasta, rice, or something. What kind of pasta? Jambalaya, fettuccine. But see, you can put the protein in your pasta. Like you can kind of... 
Yeah. That's what I'm thinking with my pizza. Pasta's a little chicken, veggie. Yeah. All right. Oh, you're good. This is the variety. Cold pass. Cold, cold, hot. Exactly. You guys are crazy. I love this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do 81. Who's the all time best boy band? Oh, God. How am I going to answer this? Do you want me to answer? I mean, I need your answer. I know. I already think I know what it's going to be. Exactly. Tell us who who boys is it? Men. I knew, I knew, yeah. I knew <laughs> we were going to say boys to men. I love it. You're not wrong. Boys to men. If we're mm-hmm. talking about singing and harmonies and all that, yeah. those boys can sing. That is very okay, true. Hey, Sarah, this is your question. What I are mean, you going to say? I don't know that many. In sync. Do you know what? I I kind <laughs> of forgot about it. It's Backstreet Boys is what I'm going to say. But here's why. Here's why. I don't think I don't think they're the best. I really don't. Okay. Boys to Men is much better. The harmony, the voices, mm. everything. But the reason why I'm choosing Backstreet Boys is because <laughs> they're my first concert, and so I just feel like I also like Joe to see. You guys don't know about Joe to see. No. Jeez, you guys are. That's another old band that's big. Joe to see is actually up there as well. A new addition. So All right. I, I got like one ABC. Write it down, Sarah. Jodeci. I'm putting this in the so, show So you notes. know Casey and JoJo. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's being Jodeci. That, come on now, come on. That like, reminds me of Junior High Dance, like Casey and JoJo. Oh, <laughs> so good. Yeah. I love this. Ash, who's your fave? Was it childhood boy band or just boy band period? Boy band like, period. Like what defines, the, the only ones I can think of are like Boys to Men, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. Like what, what's the new one? Jagged Edge. What's oh like my the God, new... I love Jagged Edge. Yeah, Jagged Edge is new. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm trying to think of like the new ones. We'll just Boys to Men it is. What's your type of music? Um, right now, I'm really vibing uh, country. <laughs> oh, we're diehard like country. country. We love country. A really though. good song you should listen to, Tuesdays. Tuesdays. By Jake Scott. Ooh. Really oh. good. One of my favorite. I'm, I'm actually might do a cover too. Let us know. We would be super into that. Quentrell, thank you so much for coming on tonight no and problem. sharing Stop the Violence with us. Also, we can't wait for your album, which drops obviously December 5th, 2020. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's so nice to meet you in person because we've I been know, following your I journey know. and seeing you it's, on the news and social media. So this has been amazing. Yes, it was so good to talk to you guys. Um, everything just flowed. You guys are really great hosts. Uh, so oh, thank definitely you so amazing much. podcast. Awesome. I'll shout you guys out. <laughs> We appreciate that. Thank you so much. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We love hearing from you. So please let us know what you think. You can email us at rivalandqueen at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. You can find us on all social handles at rivalandqueen. Thanks, guys.